0: On this episode of the Pandemic Pedagogy Podcast, we'll be talking about the effect of the pandemic on the performing arts. Welcome to Episode 3 of the Pandemic Pedagogy Podcast. I'm Galen Perkins, an instructor of creative media production at Arkansas State University in Jonesboro. Joining me this week to talk about the ways we learn in this era are two of my students from the Audio Production 2 class, Colin Crossnow, and Matthew Schroeder. Guys, thanks for coming on today. Hey, absolutely. Colin, could you tell us a bit about yourself and what your interests are in media? Yeah, I'm Colin Crossno. I'm a
1: senior here at Arkansas State University, and I'm majoring in creative media production. I'm just a big movie enthusiast. I love watching movies all the time. My goal is to become a screenwriter. I really enjoy pre-production stuff, but I can also do some of the post-production and other stuff as well.
0: Awesome. And Matt, I'd pose the same question to you. Um,
2: well, I'm a senior. Uh, I plan to graduate hopefully by this next summer term. Uh, I don't really know what I want to do realistically, but I want to start a record label. Like that's, and I think I'm going to, but that's really I'm enjoying learning and doing some of the mixing and producing and all the all the cool production stuff. Uh, I already work with quite a bit of uh, digital studios and stuff on my end. So it was cool to come and learn and work with like hands-on equipment and like actual stuff in a studio that A-State provides. So I've really just had a, I've had a blast learning about the media and stuff like that along the way as well.
0: Great stuff. Also joining us for discussion this week is Jeff McLaughlin, Assistant Professor of Theater at Arkansas State University. Jeff, welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Could you tell us a bit about your background in teaching? Well, I've always wanted to teach. Uh, I used to think that I was going to teach high school.
3: And then at some point in college, I realized, nope. (laughs) I want to teach at the university level. Um, So I've been teaching at Arkansas State now for 16 years.
0: Great. And also as a bonus this week, we have a second guest joining us. Uh, Miss Virginia Hirsch is an instructor of theater at Arkansas State University as well. Uh, Virginia, welcome.
4: Hi, thank you for inviting me on
0: thank you so much for coming. Can you tell us a bit about your background in teaching as well?
4: Yeah, actually, it's great to hear Jeff's response because I too thought I imagined myself being a drama coach at the high school level. Huh. And then when I actually went to A-State for undergrad and discovered that the material I was interested in would not be suitable for high school and realized that I was going to need some, some more higher education. Uh, so went to grad school at University of North Carolina Greensboro, where I did some adjunct teaching, and uh, taught at Louisiana Tech University for a year, and now I'm here back at A-State, so it's been a really amazing full-circle journey despite craziness of the pandemic.
0: Great. This week, we're talking about the effect of the pandemic on the performing arts, uh, specifically in the way that theater is taught. Uh, Virginia, I'd like to start with you. Could you tell us about some of the modifications that you've had to make to your classes over the last year?
4: Absolutely. I think probably even if you're not a performing arts teacher, you could say that 100% of your classes have been impacted in format and delivery, Um, obviously some more than others, and for theater especially, and because my emphasis is in directing and acting, my entire job deals with bodies and space, which is the thing that has been most encumbered by COVID-19. So some classes, uh, right? Like right now, I'm teaching acting Shakespeare, and we've gone entirely virtual, and we're able to still get together, and everyone's in their closet or bedroom, and we're doing scenes and sonnets and finding connection that way. Um, so sometimes that's necessary and actually just works best um, with where we are. And then in some other courses I've taught, like uh, directing, I taught last semester, and we masked, we distanced. Uh, We had to, it takes a lot longer to teach subjects because a huge part of teaching someone how to direct is teaching them about those bodies so we luckily through watching videos through um, making diagrams through uh, having 3D kind of representations that the students themselves can manipulate They start to learn these concepts a little bit more concretely than just if they were reading about it, but obviously a a big, pretty big leap from what they would be doing if it were just uh, in a quote unquote normal classroom um, where they're acting and they're moving around and directing one another. So quite a few modifications and, uh, and I think as with anything and what most people would say in response to the pandemic is there are gains and there are losses within that. So overall, I think they've really made a great show of it and have had a a remarkable time. And uh, I've had excellent turnout and students who have had just a terrific attitude and trying to commit to continuing to learn and uh, take part in classes and in productions.
0: Good. And I and I probably should have mentioned before, uh, Virginia, I think your background is mostly in, in the directing side of things.
4: Yes, I'm sorry, I didn't say that in my introduction. Yes, I'm primarily, my, my MFA was in directing, but I've done some directing, acting, dramaturgy, a little bit of everything.
0: Well, that kind of leads me to my question for Jeff. How has it been for a person who specializes in a set building and sort of the uh, the back of house kind of thing, I think is what it's called in theater. How has that experience been modified as a result of the pandemic?
3: Yeah, the trick in what we do requires special equipment and space it's not like for stagecraft i can say instead of a book i'd like you to get a table saw a miter saw (laughs) like that's not practical right so there are times when we have to be together uh what that means for us is breaking up into smaller groups Uh, i've split my class into into sections and some people come on one day some people come on another day Um, I've, in order to afford that time, I've had to pre-record all my lectures, um, and we're essentially doing the same thing in, in really all my classes. I've, it's important that we have that time together to do the craft of building or model making or drafting. It's not stuff that you can really do on your own in your dorm room. You need to come to the shop or you need to come to the design lab to use the equipment.
0: And so how crucial has it been for you both to adapt to new technology during this time?
3: Yeah, it's not really an option. It's, it's adopt the technology or die. L- luckily, I think most of us are pretty savvy in the technology. And, you know, they had all the, the classes this summer on beefing up your, your Blackboard skills and your remote learning skills. I've always used Blackboard, but after the summer, I'm using it much more uh, robustly and intelligently.
4: And really, there's no end to new technologies. I think for many people during the pandemic, it's just been learning Zoom. Now, to be fair, I had never heard of Zoom a year ago either. And now it's a daily part of life and including the conduit for this interview. And so we have all, I think, gained a lot of experience in that. And many of us are are getting very comfortable with it. Um, But even that, Zoom having new uh, updates, like things that we wanted to do in our first production, which we did via Zoom, we weren't able to do that now. They've changed it and we have the ability to do it. So keeping abreast of that is just one level Um, for performing arts, especially, I know with every show that we've done because some are streamed, some are only live, some are pay-per-view, some are a combination. And so I know with our department, we've had to look into we've had to learn all new systems uh, being familiar with that kind of technology of okay how do we do ticket sales right now how do we stream this effectively Uh, we're grappling with technology with everyone having headphones and audio equipment things that typically in theater we may not deal with and in some ways again so we have those challenges but two our students are becoming far more equipped in the world and we are becoming far more equipped in things that typically are assigned to media production, to filmmaking, and I think are just going to now become so much a part of the lexicon of creating art in general. Um, so that savviness is, has certainly been an uphill battle, but has created so many fun opportunities. And even in our stage productions, now we are talking about things that we may, maybe never would have talked about several years ago. Of, oh, what if we animate this section? Or, oh, how can we incorporate almost a filmmaking sense to cinematic eye to the stage.
0: And that kind of leads me into my next question. Um, And I want to open the discussion up to my uh, students, Colin and Matt. Um, I know that you two are not theater students, but how have you seen um, similar or different techniques being adopted in your classes, whether they be in media or in a general education classes?
2: I've seen uh, a lot of the similar stuff that uh virginia was talking about a lot of like uh having to go virtual and uh, online and doing literally everything on video and like stuff like that even like going as far as recording myself to like do things uh, uh and then what jeff was talking about uh when he was saying how things are a little a little less uh practical to like maintain you know what i'm saying like there's like a lot of stuff that you can't just do strictly online so it's like uh, when you do have time to come to class, which is what I try to do, I try to come to most of my classes if I can. Uh, most of the time, I'm just sleeping though, because that's what's been real nice about uh, this whole virtual thing is I'm getting a lot more sleep. But my problem with the way that the techniques have been like uh, regarding like using equipment and stuff like that is there's more there's more that I have to go through to get to it. So it just makes it incredibly hard to uh, get in contact to try and set something up or. I got to make sure everybody's wearing a mask, make sure I put a cover over the microphone, stuff like that. And it's, it's honestly ridiculous, but uh, it's, there's just a lot of stuff. There's all, there's a lot of stuff just going on. That's a lot that I've had to adapt to myself as well as making others because of all of this. It's just a lot of remote stuff, zoom,
1: pretty much everything except group stuff is just online and on your own. Uh, and with the group stuff, there's a lot of, well, in general, there's just a lot of precautions like uh, we can't check out directly the equipment room. We have to reserve ahead of time. Uh, we have to limit how many people we can have a studio and stuff like that. Uh, there's a lot of precautions to work
2: with just to make things safe. Like this is honestly not even like a uh, serious question but it's more like, um, have you had anybody like crash your uh, like Zoom calls or anything with like a TikTok? Like- You're, you're everything, anything like go crazy on your, on your feed, or is that just like on the internet?
4: No. And based on what I've seen on Instagram and TikTok, I'm a little disappointed. I want that (laughs) moment where I'm teaching and my students to, to chime in with some choreographed message or dance. So, no, I don't think it is as common as we would like to think.
3: I, I feel like it's been pretty straightforward. The, we've not really had a ton of technical problems. Maybe we've had to recommend changing browser or but no we've not I've not had anybody any special (laughs) guests or uh any any cat filters that can't be turned off or things like that
2: we have
4: seen but you
2: you got a cat filter you got a cat filter
4: yes you have to stop and celebrate every pet that you see it's mandatory (laughs) in my classes I don't care if you're in the middle of a soliloquy we need to meet your your animal
1: how do the actors react to the current setup and do you think they're taking it well?
4: Yeah, I think, I think they're taking it as well as they can. Again, advantages and disadvantages. Part of, because I was just actually having a coaching session with an actor today, and they're working on independent projects right now, and she has really intense stage fright. And so even performing for me in a private coaching was much scarier for her than when she got to record it on her own and submit the take that you know she felt confident about and didn't feel that immediate pressure. So for some people, it really is relieving to have that space and time to truly prepare and drop into character. Now for others, they are eager to get up and struggle with their partner and get to physically be in the space together. But fortunately with guidelines too, that we're still able to have private coachings that might be in person. Maybe we can assign a time Luckily, we have multiple spaces at the Fowler Center where we can continue to work um, with actors either individually or in a small group. Um, and for my directing class, for instance, when they had to do their directing scenes, they were able to you know, meet together since there were only you know three people in a room at a time and distance able to do things as well. So it's a balancing act to try to replicate what we have. But you have to acknowledge these aren't the same circumstances and 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 it's a valuable skill if you ever do any film or television, how can I connect to that lens the same way that I would with the, the actor's face? So I think regardless of how they do it, it's something that they're getting to take with them in their training.
0: And I kind of would pose that question to everybody. Um, what is some of the, the positive and, and negatives that we've had that have come out of this entire situation?
3: I'll go. I, I think it's really forced... Faculty, it's really easy to fall into a rut and do the same thing you've always done, and the pandemic doesn't really allow for that. So uh, it's it's been really good for me to reevaluate my classes and think about what I'm doing and force myself to do it in a different way. So I don't know that it's always great for students, but it's been really good for me in, re- in forcing me to reevaluate. Um, and I actually think my classes are going a little bit smoother now than they've ever gone because. I spent all summer mapping out every single day, recording every lecture. Everything is set and ready to go. And, it, and if I get kidnapped by aliens, the class could probably keep going for a good uh, for just about everything.
0: Yeah, that's definitely been a, a bonus on my end. Is that it's forced me to be to be organized, and I'm not traditionally a, a very organized person. Um, but I've had to have lectures for specific weeks and develop projects for certain weeks um, and have all that stuff ready to go so that a certain point in the semester it kind of runs on autopilot and then I have that opportunity to get caught up on grading.
4: Yeah that's a huge benefit getting to and it feels stressful at first trying to get to that organizational place but yeah absolutely it it takes off on its own. I think another especially if
3: you're teaching classes for the first time
4: Yes. And it's my first year here. So every class I'm teaching is for the first time. So it's a lot of prep and, you know, the productions are new, so it's a lot of time, but really exciting. And I think exactly what you were saying, Jeff, about constantly, because we are just innovation is sort of the go-to now, there isn't a settled in for any solution. And so it forces you, we get to have really exciting conversations about, are we fundamentally doing this the best way? And actually as a segue into one of the biggest advantages that I've seen both on a macro American kind of scale and on on a small scale in my own rehearsal rooms is that there's been this huge upheaval in an exciting way from the pandemic of redefining how we really are incorporating equity, diversity and inclusion that we used to have a definition of normal and reasonable accommodation. And now we've completely blown that up basically overnight who gets to be in what rooms and, and questioning ourselves, why did we have a different barometer for what that was before? Uh, actually, we could allow students who maybe needed different accommodations into these classrooms or having access to these materials. Um, so I think that's really exciting from an academic standpoint, and I hope something that is here for a long time similarly in the theater world there's been a very strong change through this past year and i don't think it's a mis- I, I don't think it's an accident that it happened alongside the pandemic because theater has basically professionally been in stasis professional actors and stage managers and directors everyone in um, who have been employees in this realm who have, who are now trying to find other careers or who have been on unemployment have been able to come forward with their stories about mistreatment or about just how the industry was operating in a way that wasn't sustainable. And so on that giant level, we're asking those questions. And what's amazing, even just these new policies of distancing have totally removed any fear of mistreatment or discomfort or you know questions particularly as someone who frequently has to work with intimacy choreography and fight choreography and allowing that to not be a huge pressure on students who are just learning this for the first time while yes eventually of course they need to learn how to do that safely I feel like it's opened them up to the world of oh effective storytelling doesn't have to rely on gratuity or something that makes me feel uneasy and helping train them how to establish those boundaries. So in that way, I think it's been a real gift. And again, I'm excited to see how that continues to create new policies that we have in the academic realm and in the professional theater world.
0: And I, I turn again to uh, Matt and Colin, um, how has your experience been with all that? What have you had to adapt to in order to uh, be successful in your classes?
1: I think it has forced everybody to become better adaptive. I've personally had to change like my routine. Uh, I think a lot of people have. So like routine and being more responsible, but I kind of think those go together. Like you have to be responsible enough to have a routine, but if you have a routine and you're also managed to be more responsible. So there's kind of pros and cons to that. Uh, as long as You just got to keep them in balance, but I also think uh, there's a bit of loss and like the important in-person interactions. Uh, So we got to find ways to adapt to those too. Social life feels different now. Getting help from teachers is different. And those are some things we have to work with
0: as well. And what, is that, what has that been like for not just your interaction with uh, with faculty members, but interacting with fellow students? Does it feel like there's a disconnect there? Whereas in the past, you would just walk up to somebody and, and say hi or check in with somebody. Now, a lot of your classes are uh, remote and asynchronous, and you're not actually in a classroom with some students in some classes. Do you feel like that has suffered at all? Um, and what what do you think could be improved in that area as far as your interaction between other students?
1: Uh, Well, me personally, I usually hang out with the same one or two groups of people and everybody else that I talk to. It's usually like only for class or only for work, stuff like that. So I've kind of, sometimes it's a little more awkward, or it's gotten like even more awkward to do things that aren't related to those because it's kind of like you get, I'm not as used to uh, just having those just casual conversations with Strangers or other people.
0: Matt, you uh, you spoke a little bit earlier on some of the uh, positive and negative changes you've had, but what are some some micro level things with you that you've had to adopt and adapt to?
2: My biggest thing about having all the classes do the uh, the things that you're talking about is everything kind of feels exactly the same, just in a different subject. Like there's only so many ways you can really make the class any different than something else when it's being done the same in every other class you know what i'm saying and that's really that's really it i honestly like i love it i love it all being online it makes it easier makes it to where i can work and it makes it to where i can have money and uh being a college kid i have no money so it's it's just it's it's a few things that are that are nice and bad i guess i mean the the communicating with professors and instructors is that is the hardest part though like that is that is hard because I, I know that they're busy, they're doing other things, they're having Zoom meetings, they're planning stuff, and uh, maybe not always checking emails, but whenever professors do actually check emails and stuff and they're communicating with you, it works great. Like, it's it's awesome because you can get concerns off, you can ask questions, and uh, you can just be on track with everything you're doing because reading a prompt isn't always enough as a student. You know what I mean? It's, it's I don't know, there, there's a few things. There's just a few things.
0: And I'll go ahead and circle back. Um, a little bit to something that uh, Virginia said earlier. As far as um, a reliance, you said you said the phrase "reliance on gratuity" uh, when it came to uh, to theatrical works. What do you think? Um, and students, I'll ask you this question again about media in a second. But what do you think the long term ramifications are of the pandemic on um, not just the way that we teach? Um, theater and media respectively, but on um, the theatrical and performing arts moving forward.
4: That's, that's the million dollar question right there. The thing that we've all sort of been circling around and trying not only to grapple with ourselves as faculty and pretty much every meeting now sort of in some way or another incorporates that question into our conversations and how are we equipping our students for a future that we don't know what it looks like. What I'm hoping for And what I think will happen is just a more integrated approach to all of the above. That on one hand, we see exactly what Matt was saying a moment ago, the many advantages that the virtual realm has afforded us artistically because of there's an accessibility gap a little bit because on one hand, it is more accessible than ever. But there's still a growing equity gap of well, then the people at the the bottom of that pyramid are suffering the most. The ones that don't have access to internet, uh, maybe in rural or poor communities, the ones that you know don't go to schools with that the kind of equipment that this affords. So I don't mean to say it's all sunshine and rainbows, but for for those who are above that line and do have access to all of these things, I I think it opens up a world for collaboration on a level we've never seen before. And that's going to just create more ingenuity, but by the same token, now I hope this new appreciation for physical connection, for uh, you know just contact with other people will also create a new interest in those things that we've missed out on, on live performance, whether that's theater or concerts, all of these things that we've been missing out on that we've realized how valuable that they were in our lives. And so that's why I think they have to integrate because we see, wow, they're they're all fantastic and can actually work to, together better to enhance. For instance, our next production, Everybody, we are partnering with the media department, which is allowing people to see it, but is still fundamentally a theatrical experience. Um, so we are getting to capitalize on both and make sure that people are are seeing this. The, the production and also getting to meet new people that I, would, I wouldn't be here doing this interview right now if we weren't doing this partnership, if we weren't asking these new questions. So I think it's a really bright future and I'm, I'm excited about it.
0: Uh, Jeff, I'd ask the same question of you. What uh, long-term uh, ramifications or benefits do you see to us in theater?
3: Well, I think the thing that I'm most excited about is just how everybody seems to be more open to trying something different. And I'm really excited about like the new relationship that we have with the creative media department. And we've got some other things that we wanna to talk to you about because <laughs> projects for the future. Uh, but I, I'm not, i I'm not sure what's gonna stick around and what's what's not uh, in terms of the industry. I think now we're all more willing to, to try things remotely. You know, like I, I've always designed for theaters out, outside of the state and, and, you know, uh, either had telephone meetings or conference calls or Skype meetings or, or something. So that's not horribly new, but I think it's much easier for everybody now to do that because we've been doing it so long and we're much better at it.
0: And uh, Matt and Colin, I'd ask you the same thing. What uh, long term ramifications do you see for us in the creative media side of things? What do you think we have to look forward to I know that it's a it's a scary time to be a graduate what positive and negative things do you think will be part of this long term going forward
2: with uh the the stuff that's going to come like with the long term I really feel like there's there's going to be things that stick and things that don't more so like uh there might be a lot of people that kind of like the way we're doing things it's just going to be really different and I don't think the whole being away from each other part's going to stay. I don't think social distancing and all that's going to stay, but I just think it's going to be really different because it can be based off of a virtual way of doing it. So I just think it's going to be lazy. Honestly, I think it's going to be lazy.
1: I guess if anything, uh, the in-person stuff will probably eventually return, but, uh, a lot of the like zoom stuff that's useful for like, uh, pitch meetings or pre-production meetings, stuff like that. So there's a lot of uh, the pre print the different phases of the production process can be made easier, but uh, some of it will need to return back to normal when it can.
0: Gotcha. And I think that about wraps it up for this week, uh, but I did want to give y'all a chance to plug anything that you might have upcoming uh, students. I know that uh, Matt and Colin, you were both producing uh podcasts. Would you like to, uh, to plug those at all?
2: Uh, yeah, actually, Mine is uh, popped in, and I normally just have a lot of fun with it. We get some different, di- different perspectives from like different people on some mind-blowing things, or maybe things that you think about every day and don't really realize. And just, just a whole broad, broad audience that it could reach. And uh, I have a lot of fun with it. So if somebody could find some entertainment out of it, I think it'd be cool to be shared with everybody.
1: Uh, mine is called the International Screen. In uh, each episode, I look at. Uh, the in- movie industry from a different country from around the world, and just talk about like influential people from it or films from there, and just the overall uh, film industry structure of that country. And just really interesting for people who uh, enjoy movies.
0: Virginia and Jeff, did y'all have anything that y'all wanted to plug or any parting thoughts you wanted to give?
4: Yeah, we are actually at A State Theater in general, we are producing two shows right now. So Jeff is pulling. Well, I would say double duty, but really more so quadruple duty at the moment. Um, but I am currently directing Everybody by Brandon Jacobs Jenkins, who is a MacArthur genius grant uh, fellow and is just a, a, a brilliant playwright who has crafted this play. It's a retelling of a 15th century morality play called Everyman and Everybody, the modern retelling that he has created chronicles uh, everybody who is played by one person, their journey to death. And even though the place you think it's about death, it's really about how do we live our lives? What really is valuable in the end? And how can we make it better? So I'm hoping people walk away from the theater, A, wanna see it because it's so universal. We all go through life and death and also walk away from it Feeling more centered on their priorities and excited to enter into a world that is rapidly changing,
3: and it's really, really smart and really, really funny. And then the week after that, we're doing uh, a musical review that uh, that Brianna uh, Lucas Larson has put together, and they're they're rehearsing it right now outside um, because that's where we're going to do the show. We're going to do it right outside the Fowler Center at the at the theater entrance. Um, and so that is going to be an actual event that people can come to, whereas everybody uh, is going to be a pay-per-view event. you pay to get access to watch the video.
0: And I think that perfectly encapsulates some of the challenges that we have going forward. Uh, we're doing a we're working on a recorded play, and then we're working on an outdoor musical uh, play. So uh, a lot of fun stuff going on. Well, thank you everyone for joining me today. And a special thanks to uh, Jeff and Virginia for joining us. Thanks for having us. Pandemic Pedagogy podcast is produced in association with the Audio Production Two class in the School of Media and Journalism at Arkansas State University. To listen to complete episodes, follow us on anchor.fm slash pandemic pedagogy, or listen on your favorite streaming service. As always, keep learning.